control your day, control your business, control who you work with, clients and vendors, create control. And look at your damn numbers. Look at your damn numbers. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Danielle Hayden. Danielle Hayden is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the CEO of Kickstart Accounting, Inc., where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and as the author of the Profit Planner book series. When Danielle is not in her money mindset, you can find her hiking or spending time with family. Danielle Hayden, the sun is shining, the summer is bumping, Lollapalooza is happening in downtown Chicago, and so I am nowhere near downtown Chicago. But instead, I have the pleasure of asking you my favorite question, which is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? This week, what I hear too many business owners saying is that they haven't looked at their numbers, especially it's summer. So we're mid-year check-in. Yeah. We need to do a mid-year check-in. Like where are our numbers? Not just, not, not just the high-level numbers, right? Oh my God, I hit six figures. Not that. I want you to look at what's your gross revenue? What's your net revenue? Do we have enough saved for taxes? Do we need to make any changes for the back half of the year? So when it when people say to me summer what i hear is everybody leaving to go on vacation mm-hmm. without looking at their numbers and i'm calling you back to the table because we have a few months left of the year that we can make really really strong decisions so we have to look at their, our numbers right now heck yeah because as someone who was very passionately willfully aggressively ignorant of my numbers for a really long time I thought that ignorance is bliss would apply, but it never really did because I knew I was ignoring it. And so it kind of was always just lurking in the bushes of my mind. Like, hey, you haven't done your numbers. It follows you around like a black cloud. It does. It does. It is. That's that perfect thing of like that cartoon black cloud that just hangs over me. It like eors me. So I love the idea. It's like, look, if you're going to have to go on vacation and, and disconnect for a while, that's fine. Don't take that rain cloud with you. It will be more present if you ignore it and more persistent if you ignore it than if you look at your numbers and they're not where they want, you want them to be, that's fixable, right? But like, I always just thought if I ignored it, it would go away. Y'all, your math does not go away. <laughs> it does not work that way. It, and you know what? You're not alone, right? Like if, if you just heard that and you're like, yes, isn't it going to go away? You're not alone, right? I, we, we talk to hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs that feel the exact same way. So you're not alone. 
it's scary. It's confusing. Um, but we have to be looking at it because that's how we make better business. That's look, let's face it. That's how we stay in business. Exactly. Right? Like, if you like doing this entrepreneurship thing, you better know your numbers because, mm-hmm. um, I think that too many of us, we kind of become accidental entrepreneurs. Yeah. We have a craft. We know what we like to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, I have to adult this, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I had a baby. Now I have to be an adult. It's the same thing. Dang it. Now, now I have to be adulting and <laughs> I have to be looking at this information. That is true though. Uncle Sam does not care if you are overwhelmed by your numbers. Uncle Sam does not care. No, no. Uncle Sam does not care in general. Like, no, right. He's like, pay your taxes unless you're Jeff Bezos. But that's a whole other issue. Uh, Yeah, no, Uncle Sam don't care. Uncle Sam don't care. He wants his money. And yet again, I, oh, you said the T word and now you brought out the government. But like, that's the other thing is talk about how I used to avoid my number. I don't know how every single year tax day or quarterly tax day, once I started really doing it right. But like initially, tax day, listeners around the world, is always the same day unless they decide to give you a little bit of reprieve of like 72 hours, maybe up to a week, and then they publicize that. So I don't understand how every single year tax day would come up like an expensive surprise. Like how deep in denial am I to ignore a date that we know? (laughs) Like that we know. I think this is how. Because we assume that when it comes around, that that's when we'll do it, right? Like I work better under pressure. <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, we have a lot of people who come to us, you know, for the last five years, I've just been doing it in January, right? I do all my bookkeeping in January, I update my QuickBooks, but it leaves you in the dark for the first 12 months. And so when we work with our clients, we are making sure that they have a foundation set, accurate and on-time numbers throughout the year so that we can be saving for our taxes. So it's not a big, scary number when you see it, right? You know it all year long. So you're not me going, ah, hiding under the covers for all of April. It's spring, springtime. I want you to be able to go outside. Um, I know I, I live in Cleveland, so I want to be able to go outside. Yes. And to feel comfortable, right? To feel powerful. It's not just about this know your numbers, make better business. It's also to feel good about your business, to be able to celebrate the things that are working, Mm -hmm. to stop doing the things that aren't freaking working. And if you don't know any of that until January, you've wasted a lot of goddamn time. That's a freaking lootly, right? That's a lot of time. Especially because I don't have this issue, but I definitely had the money avoidance one. But I have a lot of friends who can be on death's door and they will not go to a doctor. They just won't. Yeah, that's my mom. They just won't, right? I mean, everybody knows, everybody loves someone like this. And you're like, there is a professional who can tell you what is wrong with you and then help you, but you won't go to them, right? But like, we do the same thing. But but with me, I have obsessive compulsive disorder and one of my things is medical catastrophizing. So I have the opposite problem. I'm not a hypochondriac. I wait until I actually have symptoms. I don't invent them, but then I make them extreme where like every time I've had a sniffle in the last three years, I've assumed that it's COVID. 
So, you know, medical catastrophizer. At the same point, I think I used to be a financial catastrophizer. And I assumed that th I knew things were not good because my business wasn't doing well or growing as I wanted to. But it was also early and never grows as fast as we want. But then when I got in there, I met a bookkeeper I loved and trusted. She made it very clear to me, much like your brand, how you do this so beautifully of like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. Right. And and once I got in there, I was like, oh, this is a mess. but not as big as a disaster as I thought. Like, this is a smaller earthquake than I thought it was. So do you see that too, where people with this resistance come into their numbers and they're like, oh, I made more money than I thought. Like, why do we assume that no news is terrible news instead of the possibility that it might actually be okay? Well, I think it's easy for us as humans to always think the worst, right? It's easier to pay attention to something negative than than the positive. So I think that's just yep. natural. However, I think because as business owners, accounting isn't your specialty. Nobody told you how to take a QuickBooks class. And even if you took one QuickBooks class or one accounting class, you still have no freaking clue what you're doing. <laughs> and so, right? So even to, so to you, it's a disaster. It would take you hours and days and months and stress and probably bottles of wine and, <laughs> you know, some hungover mornings. And, you know, you would have all like it, it would be a giant mountain, Mount Everest to you. To experts, it's like maybe a little hill, an ant, mm -hmm. ant hill, yeah. right? Because they're doing it every day. They know how to do it. So I think catastrophe one is we, we as business owners, we're like, I'm a mess. Nobody else is as big of a mess as I am. And in order for me to work with somebody, I have to get organized. And then because you have to get organized, you never call the bookkeeper because you got to get organized first. Yep. And so what I tell people all the time is please don't get organized. I don't want you to organize anything, right? Because you're actually going to make it worse. I want you to stop. I want you to move out of the way. <laughs> get off the, get off the mountain, get off the hill and, and let us organize it for you. And that way, it, it, it's not going to take as long. It's not, it's not the mountain that you've created. And then I, I love to tell the story. We had, we had a client who came to us a few years ago and she said, Danielle, I need you to teach me how to run my business at a loss. I know I'm losing money. Please help me. I said, okay. So we did a catch up. So that's putting all the transactions into the, into the QuickBooks system. It was like fall at the time. So we, we put January through like September, October into the system. And I called her and I said, hey, um, I got good news and bad news. She's like, all right. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. She's, like, she's like, give me good news first. I said, you're killing it. Month over month, your sales are growing. You have very minimal expenses. Your net profit is through the roof. The bad news. Uh -oh. You waited until October to do your bookkeeping. And so we don't have any time to make any solid business decisions. We have right. two months before the end of the year. We can't change anything right now. Yeah. So you have a tax bill. And the reason she felt like she wasn't, she was doing so bad, right? Like the reason she felt it, all oh, that's it. There was just a feeling. There mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of cash in her checking account because she was an LLC. So she mm -hmm. was taking owner's draws, not payroll. Yeah. And so she was just taking money from the bank account to pay her personal bills, her mortgage, you know, this and that, commingled throughout the year. And once we separated it and we organized it, she didn't have time to make business decisions. But she came to me with a catastrophe. 
She yeah. came to me with a disaster. How do I operate as a loss? And actually her month over month numbers are beautiful. Like that's what I'm talking about. It's not always that bad, y'all. It's not. And if it is, you can fix it. We can't fix what we don't know. Otherwise, we're just taking shots in the dark. And I want to go back to something you said that I think is so important, which is a professional not only can manage your mess, a professional might actually enjoy your mess because that's their skill set. We love it. Right? All these armchair true crime people, if a case is really chunky and messy, doesn't that excite you? Why wouldn't your financial team be excited if you give them a mess, right? I mean, maybe not like an old Doritos bag filled with crumpled receipts, but, you know, if you haven't been in your numbers for a while, there's some cleaning to do there that might delight someone. I get more excited when someone sends me a really bad sales call to listen to than a great one because I have something to fix. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Look, and and we're all in business to help and serve each other, right? Mm-hmm. So what we get to do is really profound because we want to help other business owners. Like we genuinely, my whole team and I want to see you succeed. And so there's not this judgment like, oh, God, there she goes, (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts again. No one's thinking that. (laughs) You might think that once you hire us because you're like, oh, great, my bookkeeper can see it. But we don't care, right? Like, we don't care care. if you go to Dunkin' Donuts every morning, wherever you're spending money. Um, We had had a client call us recently. Hey, I know I've spent a lot on professional development this year, but... I listened to you. I, I took 48 hours. I, I looked at the numbers and I think that I'm going to go ahead and, and hire this, 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 this coach. There's no judgment from us, right? Like Mm-mm. you looked at the numbers, you gave it yeah. time and space. You made yeah. a solid business decision. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Well, it's personal development. It's not like they're buying helium balloons for shits and giggles. Like, you know, it's not that you can't waste money on personal development. You can. You can. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a black hole that we see. So. <laughs> the internet is a black hole of personal development. Yeah. But that doesn't invalidate all the good stuff in the lane too, right? And it's not like at the end of the day, it's not like you're, you know, hiring a skywriter. Like, that. Yeah. I mean, that might not be your most sound marketing choice, right? But but again, you don't judge. So if somebody wants to hire a skywriter, cool. Go ahead. I say, yeah, if that's what you want to do, if you think that that's going to move a needle. I, I want you to experiment, but hey, the, here's what I am going to tell you. After you do it, I want to ask you, what'd you learn from it? Yes. What is the success rate? Yes. <laughs> do we have What's any sales from it? Freaking I, man. Like, yes. if we can't do our, because that's the thing, if you're not looking at your numbers, you can't attach your marketing metrics to anything. You're attaching your marketing metrics to other marketing metrics, but not giving yourself a complete picture, right? Because even if you're like, well, my conversion rate on this offer is 27%, which brought in how much money versus your advertising budget? Like, right? If we if we don't have it. Or where else are you spending money? Like yeah. Your marketing might be in line and you might be bringing in sales, but where else are you spending all that money? Right? Personal like, development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are all the other leaks that are happening <laughs> underneath that line? Because usually we put advertising at the top. So like mm-hmm. everything else that's on your operating expenses, like where are all those other dollars going? And the, the, that's the thing I want to say. I've been doing a lot of focusing on getting back to basics, right? So 
I'm not a huge basketball fan, but my son is. And so, um, I was, I was reading this book and they were talking about Kobe Bryant and, mm-hmm. and how he would get up every morning and he would do a third practice. So everybody else in the NBA was doing practice two practices and he would do a third. And so he'd come into the gym at 4am and he wasn't doing all the fancy footwork. He wasn't doing anything fancy. He was spending time in the basics and as business owners. And I hear this a lot from our clients. Well, what are all the other KPIs I can I can create? <gasps> what are the million things I can track? And oh, my business coach, I said I need a new scorecard, or I need to implement profit first, or I need just stop, right? Let's get back to basics, right? Yep. Let's spend time on the basics. And so, uh, the team and I have really been focusing on getting our clients on the phone. And yes, it's not a phone; it's Zoom, but. <laughs> Not to be confused with Zoom phone, which is apparently a thing. Anyway, I digress. I didn't know that. Okay. But communicating with people, right? Yeah. Over a phone, right? Not just email and text. So like actually talking to people um, and getting back to the basics and using your bookkeeper as an accountability partner to work on your basic, right? So I want you to think about like, what would Kobe do? (laughs) Work on the basics. So we don't have to spend so much time getting fancy. Well, it's not about the showy offy parts. A lot of us already invest a lot of time in the showy offy parts, right? Our reels are popping. Our numbers are a mess. So the foundational parts are really, really big. I, this week, this week, had to have a little meeting with myself to be like, you are not following up on the new connections you're making. You're just sort of letting them sit there until they expire or you just get bored or, you know, eventually you get back to it. And I'm like, for someone whose main currency is people, I'm not playing this very well, right? And so I had to look at it and be like, okay, I need to reprioritize establishing quality connections with the people I'm connecting with within 24 hours of connection. That's my thing. That's my standard. If I have to stretch it, I stretch it. But it was like weeks Like I blew it. I just totally blew it. And so I love that call to the Kobe tasks, the I'm going to stand here and shoot baskets because it's basketball, right? So like, what's the baskets of your basketball? If you're not going to have that foundational score, you're probably not going to become a Harlem Globetrotter, right? Like, so what I wanted to ask you as you were saying that is, yeah, why do you think that you were doing that? I think I was really secure in a habit that wasn't fully formed yet. A. Okay. And B, I think I did exactly what you had mentioned in your last example. I think I um, got distracted in other possible KPIs and, uh, you know, new shiny action items instead of the old standard, you know. And and that same thing, I know I also have a tendency, even though I teach sales, boy, um, that... When I'm under stress, not when I'm operating at my best, but when I'm under stress, my commitment to my money making activities and my very close, you know, multiple like close proximity money making activities, um, my tolerance for that or my eagerness for that lessens under stress. And so when I'm busy, I actually spin my wheels more instead of doing stuff like looking at my numbers and closing sales. And I know that I'm not alone in that. I'll just be like, oh, well, I did something today because I posted on YouTube. Yeah. But I think it's important, like how you just self-reflected to ask yourself why. 
right? So mm -hmm. I've been I've been playing this game a lot with myself when I'm avoiding something, which I've been avoiding a few tasks the last few weeks. I had to like sit down and be like, why? Why are you doing right? So if you're refusing to talk to your bookkeeper, if you refuse to get a QuickBooks account, <laughs> if you refuse to look at your numbers, yeah. um, if you're refusing to those things to do those things, asking yourself why. And maybe yeah. it is just understanding that, you know, when I get really stressed out, I I try to get fancy or yeah. I try to get fancy and it stresses me out. And then I stop doing the basics or yeah. I'm avoiding because that's a coping mechanism of mine that I learned somewhere along the way in my life. And I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm choosing avoidance right now. And maybe I can't do all these tasks, but I can maybe, I can maybe start one. Validation over data. Mm-hmm. Right. If I do something shiny and feel good, then I'll get my dopamine hit. But if I look at my data, I might feel bad. So instead, let me get back into Canva. I'm not judging y'all. I do this too, but uh, we don't we don't always do ourselves favors when we're stressed, do we? But if you want a dopamine hit, I really like crossing things off. So good old fashioned. Hell yes. Right. My team keeps on trying to get me to use this planner app. I'm like, fine, whatever. Like, there's nothing satisfactory about clicking the box on this stupid app. But <laughs> writing it down and crossing it off gives me yep. satisfaction. So I'm literally using two, one for the team and one for myself, but whatever. Because I, like the other day, I did something that wasn't on my list. I was like, God damn it, I want credit. So I wrote down the yes! task and then crossed it off. This is what I do every day. At the end of the day, I go, what else did I accomplish today? And then I just go, scratchy 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 and if i'm really having a bad day i'll start putting things on my to-do list that are just my daily standard like fed the pets <laughs> scratchy don't ask me why that's on a work to-do list but i'm having a rough day so you're right the other dopamine yeah. hit is uh gsd get some shit done y'all yeah yeah but put your numbers on the list right yeah. like you know not all of the tasks, just one freaking task, right? Like I'm going to read mm -hmm. this number. I'm going to do this task. I'm going to call my bookkeeper. I'm going to schedule a call. I'm going to whatever. And, and that way you can get your dopamine, like get off on it, get your dopamine. In. Uh, what if people have a current bookkeeper, um, that they don't like? Hmm. Um, I'm laughing because, oh my God, do I hear this all the time? Yeah. Um, I get really ashamed and like embarrassed of my industry because honey, I'm a coach. <laughs> 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 Ugh, my industry is a cesspool. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Yes. Well, mine is too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it from two, two ways, right? So we have a lot of people who have a CPA tax accountant and they all say to me, you know, this guy, gal is supposed to be doing my numbers throughout the year. They don't bother. They're busy. And they're so busy during tax season that they're burnt out all summer. So they leave all summer. And so my numbers aren't really done until December. I don't hear from them. They don't send them to me. If I ask them, they might call me back within a week or two. If I email them, they act like I'm chump change. That's a problem, right? Like that's, a, that's an industry issue. And then we have people who gone into the bookkeeping world to, to help aid this problem for year-end taxes. And that okay, we'll do the bookkeeping throughout the year. But it's just as bad because you don't hear from your bookkeeper. 
they may or may not want to talk to you. They may or may not even send you financial reports. You may or may not have access to the QuickBooks. Um, and so it's the same situation. And so um, if you have a bookkeeper that you are not getting, now what I'll tell you what we do for our clients. And then if you're not getting any of these pieces, have a constructive conversation with your bookkeeper. Are they capable of, of giving this information to you? Do, um, do they just not know to give it to you? Do they not know that you're looking for it? It comes standard with every single client, but they, don't, they might not have that standard. So for us, we use QuickBooks online for every single client. Clients don't have to access it because who the hell wants to go into QuickBooks online? Well, right? you're sending them reporting. So. Right. Yeah. And then clients can either sign up for a weekly, monthly, or quarterly package. So they get a report at the end of each week, month, or quarter. And this is a series of financial reports, profit and loss, pulled five different ways, balance sheet, the whole nine. Now, most business owners don't even want to open those reports. Cool. Don't want you to. Don't want you to have to unless you want to. So we pull some information and we call them. We call them KPIs, but really it's just this like high level overview with some simple charts and graphs, right? Like, yeah. How do we interpret this data? Well, is this uh, working yes. or not? Yes. We interpret it for you. And then we, we, we send that, send that email and, um, you get it either monthly or quarterly. And at the end of the year, all the, everything's ready for taxes. Now throughout the year, at the end of each of these emails, I'm waving my hands in the air so people who can't see me, <laughs> we're saying, book a call with us. Please talk to us. We put Calendly all over. We put it at the top of the email. We put it in the middle of the email, the bottom of the email, because we want to talk to you. We're like, yep. schedule a call, please, because we want to make sure the information's right. We want to hear yeah. what's going on in your business. We want to celebrate with you. We want to cry with you. We want to be part of your business, but you have to schedule the goddamn call. Respond yep. to our emails. <laughs> You have to let them in. I mean, you have to let them in. And yes. if they don't want to be in, then find one who does. And uh, I got one right here. Her name is Danielle Hayden, and she's got a whole Thank team. You. But no, I think that's important because a lot of the time people are like, well, that was really uncomfortable and they know my stuff. And so like we feel more beholden to a unsatisfactory relationship because we're like, but they have all of my financials. Like, listen. I like you were like, listen, talk to them first. See if you can get these needs met. You're kinder than me. I'm like, hire Danielle and move on. But um, no, but I think that that's I think that that's really, really key because at the end of the day, in every industry, there's a million of us. Right. Yeah, there is. Do there your is. competitors have standards you don't have? And should you be obeying those standards or are those the standards just shoulds? I don't know. It depends on you and it depends on your industry. Right. But I'm not yeah. the only sales trainer on the planet by yeah. a long shot. I probably care the most, though. So you're welcome for that standard, my competitors. <laughs> well, that's a big thing. I, we care, right? Like my team yeah. and I care. You know, they get really discouraged when clients yes. don't book calls. They're like, why are they not calling? Like, I want to talk to this client. I have questions for them. I want to help them. I want to. And so we really do care. So those are some of the standards that I think we need to be having. So if you're not happy with your bookkeeper, you're not getting those things. Those are all red flags, right? They're red flags. They're um, data points. The other thing I'll say is your tax accountant is not your bookkeeper. They should not be your bookkeeper. The tax accountant is somebody separate. So if you're waiting for your tax accountant to surprise you and be like, hey, have you thought about this new great strategy? Or did you know <laughs> that your profit loss has seasonality to it? And every July, you should probably go take a vacation because your sales dip. They don't care. They don't care. No. They care. 
They care about your tax return. That's what they're there to care about. I mean, is the chef down the street going to come mow my yard? No. No. It's not their job. Yeah. And that's why we have two separate. So we have Kickstarter County Inc. that does the bookkeeping. And then we have KSA Tax Partners that does the tax filing because they're two different people. They're two different, right? They have to be. Are y'all hearing this? Are y'all hearing this? A bookkeeper (laughs) and an accountant are not the same role in your life. A scone and a bagel are not the same baked good. Okay? They taste differently. One is normally sweet, one is normally savory, or they're both plain. It doesn't matter. Okay, now I'm just crazy. But I think a lot of the time people are really confused about what's an accountant for, what's a bookkeeper for. I mean, I still have to do the like left hand, right hand trick with net and gross at least once a day. I'm like, ooh, that's net. No, that's gross. Ooh, that no. Profit, revenue, profit, net. That's gross. okay. I go lefty Lucy every time I oh, completely like we're we're grown ass adults with functioning profitable businesses, and we're like, how do I turn this? Ah, lefty Lucy, right? Like we all have it. Yeah. But what are some of the other things if you were going to put out a glossary for small business owners of widely misunderstood terms or terms that are treated as synonymous that aren't? Sound off. Give us some definitions. What do we need to know? Yeah. Okay. So I think the big one, I mean, in terms of people, the big one is, you know, bookkeeper, accountant, CPA, CFO, bookkeeping, right? So the act of record keeping is bookkeeping, which is to be done by your bookkeeper. CPA, accountant, tax account, those are all the individuals filing your tax return. They're used interchangeably. All that is used interchangeably. CFO is like the next one where a lot of business owners are like, ah, I can't afford that. I'm not big enough. I don't need it. I, I, I can't do it. However, if your bookkeeper can think strategically and your bookkeeper is capable of it, you actually don't need that third person. You don't need that CFO. So that's kind of the third, the, the third one that's used interchangeably. Because that's really more financial oversight, right? So like really looking at how the money is being spent strategically and the numbers on that deep way. Yeah, if your bookkeeper has that information and you're a startup or a solopreneur, oh my God, the idea of having a CFO is making me itchy. I I think once you have maybe 15 to 20 people, you can maybe have like that's how many employees I want you to have before you hire. But not your first hire. (laughs) No. So, th- so those are kind of some of the terms from from people. I think the other the other few terms that I hear really confused is revenue, gross profit, net profit, um, and then, like profit and loss. And and I'm I'm picturing the profit and loss statement. And so revenue is sales is also known as gross revenue, right? That means mm-hmm. the money that is coming in your door before fees, before paying people, before cost of goods sold, before anything. Once you subtract your cost of goods sold or your direct labor, so the cost that you need in order to sell your product or service, mm-hmm. that's your gross profit, right? So that that's what, that's the gross profit number. And then the other one I hear a lot of confusion around is, you know, like profit or loss, like profit and loss or net income is what it's also known. That means after you pay all your operating expenses, are you making any damn money? Right? Yeah. Profit, net income. Or loss. Those, profit right. 
add loss. Yes. But you also hear the, the like you just said profit and loss. That also is the name of a financial report in QuickBooks. Mm. So the QuickBooks mm. report is called profit and loss. Also, people will call it the income statement. So that's another big one. It's profit and loss statement, income statement are used interchangeably. All that means is if you say, to, if your bookkeeper says, I've supplied your income statement, it's the same thing as I've, applied, I've supplied your profit and loss statement. All that report is telling you is revenue in minus cost of goods sold, minus all your operating expenses. Did you make any damn money? Yep. Yep. That's the question of the week, y'all. Did you make any damn money? But I just love, thank you for giving our listeners and me, let's be fair, and me permission to need refreshers on these topics and and to really destigmatize ignorance in this way. Because like you said, there's the willful ignorance of not looking at your numbers, but there's also the unintentional ignorance of like, yes, many of us are accidental entrepreneurs at the jump. We have a talent, we have a skill, we have a passion, we take the leap and then we're like, oh shit. I'm supposed to be tracking how much money I make. That's okay. Sometimes that happens three years in. Like we got to deepen our processes, right? So this confusion or this lack of clarity is not a rookie mistake that you need to be ashamed of. You just need to partner with the right team who can set you straight and help you grow. Freaking love that. Yes. All right. What the hell does QuickBooks or uh, Profit and Loss or Nat and Gross, or any of it have to do with the relatively new, very, very dark, wildly terrifying at times, Kevin Costner fronted primetime show Yellowstone. I think it's really interesting to watch our clients when they understand their numbers Mm -hmm. and they grow confident, they become these really badass business owners who can spout out numbers and can spout out information and knowledge about their business. And they feel really in tune with that, that knowledge. Now I I like Kevin Costner in the show, but I really like Beth Dutton, his, his daughter in the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what both of them have, they demonstrate in the show is this profound confidence. Mm -hmm. They know who they are. They know what they stand for. They know what they do really freaking well. They are loyal to it and they fight for it and they fight for it confidently. I can promise you that family knows their numbers. <laughs> like, they- that family not only knows their numbers, they've done the digging to know the numbers on everybody in town. Yes, they have. They don't just know their numbers. They know everybody's numbers. Yes. Yeah. And that's why they can talk so powerfully. That's yeah. why they have control of the conversation. They have control of of what they are of what they're doing, and they're a sound business, right? Like if if you watch the whole series, they they do they do have some some issues as you go later into the series. Not necessarily financial issues, but keeping the land, fighting off the right. competitors. But they know who they are. They know what they stand for. And Kevin Costner, through the entire time, says no. He knows exactly what he is doing and what he is standing for. And they can do that with confidence because they know their mission. 
they know their vision, they know their numbers, and they can act confidently. So it's more of not just, that's not the nitty gritty, right? It's more of the, what does getting nitty gritty, getting back to the basics, what is the feeling that it gives you that then you can go out into the world and be somebody really great, be somebody really powerful? I love that term profound confidence because it's not swagger. Kev Cost has a ton of freaking swagger in everything, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, showing up with big dick energy and being like, this is my ranch and all of my children. And sure, there's some bravado attached, but underneath that, what backs it up and what actually gives him the grit to keep going is that profound confidence. It's not for show. It's not cockiness. It's not arrogance. You're like, I know my shit. How many times do I see a really incredible service provider demure from the fact that they know their shit? And I think you're right. It's because they're not profoundly confident. And maybe they have an expertise. But when you feel this black cloud looming over you, your number, Mm -hmm. like if you're avoiding that shit, you can be really good at creating websites. Or you know what I mean? Like you could be Mm -hmm. really good at whatever your craft is, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to show up with profound confidence because you know that there's this area of your business that's a mess or falling apart or that you don't have clarity on. I want you to, I want everyone to like watch an episode with this like change in mindset. And I want you to watch Beth strut around and, and, and watch her confidence. And you're going to see exactly what I mean in that knowing your shit is going to give you that. You're going to be able to walk around like that. It's a hell of a lot easier to be tenacious and pick yourself back up when you know what you're picking back up, right? And you know your rate of failure. Okay, I got to pick myself up this one time because I kill it the other nine. All right. Know your numbers. Know your numbers, folks. And also numbers are power, right? Like if we look at the other kind of warring family, us versus the world, either us against our family or us against everyone else, generational dramas like succession, you can almost rank the children by their confidence and like, okay, so he's totally terrified. (laughs) So he's acting like an asshole to cover that. She's the quietest one in the group. She's just chilling confidently doing fine, knows her numbers, not yelling. Right. But it's like, we see that all the time in these kind of infighting or competitive situations where the quiet, confident one or the loud, confident one is confident because they know their shit. Side note, I just really am enjoying that we have this like big family business push although they're all like terrible family businesses, but still like we have Yellowstone like tearing down all the people and like trying to like re-steal land from Native Americans. We have Succession where they're all trying to take over and none of them deserve any of it. And they're the least ethical company in the world. We have uh, Righteous (laughs) Gemstones where they're a mega church and everything is awful. Like I, Ozark, which is just a disaster. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Right? But it's like, I love that we have this. It's like Arrested Development development goes drama of like, we are a messed up family running a business because don't all of us feel like messed up people running a business sometimes. But it's okay to be messed up and feel confident, right? Yeah. Like everybody's a mess. Everybody's got their own baggage, their own yes. shit, but, but you can still show up and say, I just, I still deserve this. Yeah. Right. Like I still deserve it. I, 
I still need to own this. Reminder, everybody's a mess. Everybody's a mess. Your mess may not be nearly as much of a mess as you think it is, and it probably isn't any messier than your competitor, unless your competitor knows their numbers, and then, yeah, you the mess. But, again, messes are fixable. Problems are solvable. Ignorance is not. Tell me more about Beth. If Beth was going to be an entrepreneurship consultant, what do you think she would want to make sure people know? Well, I think in context of the show that she's in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she that works too. Power. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think with the lesson that we can learn from that is that you can be in control, right? You don't have to be at the mercy of your clients. Yes. You don't have to be at the mercy of your vendors. You don't have to be at the mercy of your shitty bookkeeper. Um, you don't have to be at the mercy of your tax account who doesn't respond. Um, you can be in control. And you can choose, you can choose to work with people who value you as a business owner. You can choose to uh, work with people who see you as an equal, not as, oh, another small business, is that cute? You know, like <laughs> that see you, right? <laughs> that see you for what you are, like, people, right? By the way. Like, uh, well, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing, thing. Is it with, with, with especially bigger accounting it's like tax firm, right? Like, yeah. oh, oh, are you, oh, is that your, oh, you're is cute. That your little business? Yeah. Like we see, I don't care if you just started your business, you have $5,000 in revenue. You get the same treatment as our big clients. It does not matter. And so I, so I think the lesson there is that you can control, you get to place the value on yourself. So even in your dark days, even in your low moments of, of business, you get to control the narrative around it. You get to control what you learn. You get to control how it's going to change, right? You get to change the story. Um, you get to learn the lesson. And entrepreneurship is just keeps on going, right? There, there isn't a closing scene. You no. know, there's no end of the season. No. Let's be clear. I am so irritated that Yellowstone's next season has not come out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Costner, we're coming at you. Tell your production team to hurry it up. Seriously. Get it together. Get it together. But you know what? I think if we've learned anything from primetime dramas, it's what we haven't learned from primetime dramas is that control can be ethical. And it absolutely can. But what we have learned from primetime dramas is that control is delicious. Oh, yeah. Gosh, nothing, nothing feels like power in the morning than getting what you expect and having that expectation be what you wanted because you worked hard for it. That's gorgeous. That's just being asked and answered. I did the thing. I followed the plan. The plan paid off. Next plan. Gorgeous control. Yeah. Control your day. Control your business. Control who you work with, clients and vendors. Create control. And look at your damn numbers. Look at your damn numbers. All right. I got two more questions for you. The first question is stupid. You decide uh, in your infinite financial knowledge that your next course of action is to buy a sprawling ranch somewhere in the U.S. What are you going to call this place? Not Yellowstone. That's taken. But you buy a ranch. What's its big dramatic ranch name? I think Serenity. Like peace, calm, serenity. Ooh. 
Ooh, you got to be like a sun. You got to go to like Sundance, Utah and put that there. So it's like Serenity and Sundance. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Serenity Ranch. And then we'll also know that everybody on Serenity Ranch is using their power for good because otherwise you can't call it Serenity Ranch if you're just going to be a douche. Yeah, you A can't. power hungry douche. Yeah. That doesn't work. All right. Yeah, 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 Serenity yeah, Ranch. Yeah, no, coming You, you got to come here for good. <laughs> coming soon to a plot of land near you. Uh, or maybe not so near you. I could never own a ranch, let's be no. clear. I God. tried to have a garden for a few years, and <laughs> um, I, I would be, like, in there, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to plant these flowers, I'm going to weed it, and then there'd be a bug, and I'm, like, jumping and screaming, and everyone's looking at me in the backyard, and I'm like, it's okay, it's just a spider, it's a spider, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. So my husband was like, so you doing the garden again this year? And I was like, no. And I never want to see a, see a spider again. Meanwhile, I'd have like one of my millions of animals get like a cold and I'd be like, all oh, my cows are dying. All oh, my cows are dying. This isn't happening. I got to go snuggle them. Like my husband would find me like out in the barn, like snuggling cows. He'd be like, what the hell are you doing? I'd be like, my cow is sick. Yeah, I would have that problem too. Yeah. Yeah, I would have that problem too. There'd be no eating. Could never like sell a horse to anyone. I couldn't butcher anything. Like, no, no. All right. So you and I might not have a future in ranching. Uh, so we should probably just stick to money and sales and, and what we do best. Or it'd be like the best well-cared animals ever because we'll like, you know, coddle them. I mean, is snuggling animals good for them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they have that Japanese steak, uh, the wa Wagyu um, or whatever. Wagyu, yeah, where they massage the cows. Yeah. And well, there so we go. Maybe you're onto something. But see, then again, we're eating the cows. And like, I love me a burger, but I don't want to eat something I snuggled. Yeah, I'm vegetarian, so I will only eat from the sea. Yeah, no. Okay, so all the more reason to not own a ranch. Okay, good to know. We have ruled ranching out for each of us. A very important deduction today. But uh, if people want to come into your world and hire you and your team for one of the many things that you're actually good at, what's the best way for them to start a conversation with you? The website's the best place to come, kickstartedcountyinc.com. The INC is the most important part there. Don't go to Kickstart Accounting. They do not exist anymore. Don't do it. Kickstartaccountinginc.com. Uh, there's a little pretty blue button that says book a call. My team and I are more than happy to talk about your specific situation, connect with you, um, listen to all your problems. I'm kidding. All your numbers problems. The team is doing some really funny reels right now. Um, so Instagram, Kickstart Accounting. Uh, and then lastly, we have our, our podcast, Entrepreneur Money Story. So um, talking about all things money mindset because this shit's heavy. This shit is heavy. <sighs> but you know what hasn't been heavy? The last 48 minutes of my life that I've got to spend with you. I know, it's so, been Danielle, great. thank you yeah. so much for being fun. my guest today. I think you did such a beautiful job of proving to all of us that we got to get real with ourselves, but that doesn't mean we have to suffer because being with you and talking numbers for this time has certainly been a delight for me. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. This is fun. All right, everybody. I'm going to go and take a little sip of water and look at my own numbers so I'm not a hypocrite. And then I'll be back in a second with my final thoughts and your homework for this week. Well, hey there. I double dog dare you to go look at your numbers. 
It's not that scary. I just looked at mine and wow, y'all, the summer slump is kicking my ass this year. But after listening to this episode all over again, I am feeling more empowered than ashamed or defeated. I am historically slow, painfully slow, mid-July through late August, and it is always freaking anxiety-inducing and surprising as I forget, just like tax day, that this happens every dang year. It's nice to have my math to remind me. I'm comforted by the charts with arrows that eventually do go back up. And I'm glad to know that the valleys aren't quite as devastatingly low as I thought. In fact, they're not nearly as low as last year's. I will survive the summer and kick ass again come fall if I play my cards right. I've had some damn good months this year too. And I trust myself to be able to have good months again. That's where this week's homework kicks in. Because the summer slump is real, but also I think I use it as an excuse to get a little lazy when it comes to my MMAs, my money-making activities, the stuff that drives folks through the final phases of my funnel toward that glowing buy button. It is so easy to get swept up in new people, new ideas, new projects, brand awareness, content creation over, you know, follow-up, negotiation, objection handling, re-enrollment, all that jazz. At the end of the day, I'm simply not asking enough. Are you? This week, I want you to keep track. How many times are you asking? And do you think that is enough for your business to survive? Remember, don't be ashamed if your answer is no. I friggin' teach sales for goodness sake. And I'm still sleeping at night, even though I have work to do and offers to make and deals to close if I want to finish 2022 strong. There is still time to make this a year to remember for me and for you. There are still clients who need me, and when they get back from their summer vacations, they're going to need to make some money. That is, if they're brave enough to look at their numbers and hopeful enough to grow them. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who help make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio and my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous, and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best, and remember, you're too legitimate to quit. <laughs>